In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Continually resist the reign of sin in your mortal body, which results in being responsive to its desires. Romans 6, verse 12. I am no master gardener. Haven't kept a plant alive for more than a year yet, but I've been trying to improve my very weak gardening skills with the help of many of you and also YouTube. This week I found myself on the channel of a bright, young, intelligent gardener from Arkansas who knew everything there is to know about tomatoes. Now, this year I've planted 15 tomato plants and I have 10 tomato cages. You can do the math. And if you've been looking for a tomato cage in Clinton, don't even bother. Everyone's out. Apparently I'm not the only one who's taken up gardening this year. Anyway, suffice it to say, I am in need of a lot of help. These little green bulbs are starting to grow, and I'm trying to prepare as best as I can for their arrival because I think those will eventually turn into these red tomatoes. So onto this YouTube channel I went to learn, to fine-tune, and to prepare. And I watched this master gardener talk about tomatoes for over an hour, and I heard things that I have never heard before terms like determinate and indeterminate tomatoes, blight and cat face tomatoes, and how to use aspirin, molasses, eggshells, and nitrogen for their benefit. <laughs> what in the world? I'm not trying to send a space shuttle up into space. I'm just trying to grow a tomato. What does nitrogen and molasses and aspirin have to do with tomatoes? Well, apparently something but I couldn't tell you what. But I could tell you that this master gardener knew her stuff and that it all made sense to her, but none of it was making sense to me. And I kept waiting for it all to click, like the last scene of a sci-fi thriller, but it never did. Apparently, I'm an outsider when it comes to the tomato community. I don't get insider language. I don't understand what they're talking about. And I think that that must be how it is exactly for a lot of people who are outside of Christianity when they look at us and they hear us talk. Maybe they look at Christians and they simply just don't understand what in the world we are talking about when they hear terms like justification, righteousness, and sanctification, and lawlessness, and they scratch their heads waiting for it all to make sense. But it never does. Like, if you want to talk to me about tomatoes, you might as well talk to a tomato itself. You'd get more positive feedback. But if you want to talk to me about Christianity, well, now that's my wheelhouse. That's our wheelhouse as the body of Christ. But that does not mean that it is everyone else's wheelhouse. To unbelievers, to outsiders, Paul's words in Romans chapter 6 will make no sense. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. And also thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. 
To an outsider, Paul might as well have talked about determinate and indeterminate tomatoes. It makes no sense. But to Paul? (laughs) To those who have been baptized into Christ Jesus? To those who have been brought from death to life by the grace of God? These words are life. They're insider language. We get them. They ring true. Now, sure, maybe we have to slow down sometimes and ponder them, but we cherish these words. We trust them. They speak truth to our hearts. And Paul says, I am speaking in human terms here because of your natural limitations. You see, These words are easy. These are human terms, human language, Paul says to insiders. But to those outside, they're hard spiritual terms with no meaning, impossible to understand. Back to these tomatoes. So there were two main takeaways from watching these videos. Didn't know you were going to get tomato tips today, did you? Two main takeaways from watching these videos about tomatoes that helped me begin to understand the tomato community. One, tomatoes naturally, by nature, they grow along the ground. I didn't know this, that their entire stem, those little white stickers that come out, those are actually the beginning of little white roots that are seeking dirt to anchor into because a tomato, by nature, wants to grow along the ground and grow to seed as fast as it possibly can and so when we when we force them to grow up by placing a cage or a trellis around them we're actually forcing the plant to go against its nature and that was eye-opening to me and also very reassuring and comforting because when things go wrong with your tomatoes it's only because you're trying to force them to do something against their nature So don't sweat it. That was helpful. And secondly, pruning. I did not know you were supposed to prune your tomatoes, but apparently you are. Those low branches have to be cut off. They easily can spell trouble and disease for your plant if you let them drag along the ground and get splashback, whatever that is. Likewise, Here's the two main things when it comes to the Christian faith. The two main takeaways that once someone sees this about our faith, I truly believe that they're real eye-openers. And these two main teachings, they're both right here in Romans chapter 6, clearest day, but you'll also find them running consistently throughout the entire Bible from beginning to end. And no, it's not law and gospel for those who know me well. First, Christianity is not about you becoming holy in order to please God. Now, what do I mean by that? That Christianity is not about you becoming holy in order to please God. See, Christianity is not at its heart about you being good. No, first, Christianity is about the one who was good on your behalf. Jesus Christ, your Savior, who is good, holy, sinless, perfect, blameless, and crucified on a cross for you, and risen from the dead. 
Christianity is about Jesus Christ. And this is key. And I know it seems simple to us, but without that foundational understanding and the centrality of Jesus Christ as the very heart and center of our faith and the primacy of his goodness, not ours, no outsider will ever understand the word or hear the word which says, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, Christians reject, actually, the idea that you can become good or holy or perfect in this life. In God's eyes, by your strength, by your walk, by your decisions, by your actions? No, may it never be. Christians believe that ever since the fall into sin, we are now by nature sinful and unclean. By nature, We're hell-bent on our own selfish ways, left to ourselves. That's all that we would do. But thanks be to God that you have been justified by his grace as a gift. And this is not your doing. It is a gift of God. See, the word here is justification. Justified. To be set right with God, for God to be pleased with you, was, is, and will always be solely God's doing, God's work, God's gift to you. You were dead. You were a sinner. But God, he made you alive. And the responsibility for your salvation, your justification, your eternal life is completely and in its entire totality, fully and in every way in God's hands, not yours. And that is such a reassuring and comforting thing. Once you see that, you don't sweat it anymore. Christianity is a religion of grace, defined by grace, motivated by grace. It fills the heart and lives of all those with the grace of God, which covers all of our sin. Thanks be to God for our justification. Secondly, and this is key, and it flows out from the first point, Christians reject the idea that your struggle against sin is pointless. What do I mean by that? That we reject the idea that your struggle against sin is futile, pointless. That it doesn't matter. Since you're covered by God's grace, it doesn't matter how you live, so you might as go, you might as well go and do whatever you want. That you're free to sin as much as you like because, well, Jesus has already forgiven you. He loves to forgive you, so go ahead and indulge. No. May that never be. That's lawlessness. For Paul says, just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification. The word here is sanctification, to live in a holy way, to be obedient to the Lord, which is your call. Every time you step foot into a new conversation with someone, every time you interact with someone, every time you pick up your phone, or when you're alone, are you going to pursue living according to God's word? Or are you going to live according to your own passion? See, these two terms are important. Key, really. Justification and sanctification. Justification is God's work. Sanctification is our unending endeavor to fight against our sin and live to God, which does not lead to our being justified. No, it is the fruit which flows from being justified by grace first. 
See, living in this Christian faith, we all know it is a daily, continual thing. Your sanctification is never achieved in this world. No Christian believes that they can become holy or perfect in this world, that it's somehow attainable and over and done with with one decision. Those who think that are not hearing Paul's words continually resist the reign of sin in your mortal bodies. It's a continual battle to live out the grace that we have been so freely given day by day. Christians hold on to this truth that there is no perfect gardener. There's no perfect parent, no perfect father. Happy Father's Day, by the way. No perfect mother, no perfect employee, no perfect employer, no perfect child, and there is certainly no perfect Christian. But those who have been baptized into Christ Jesus now live under grace. You've been forgiven by the blood of the perfect one, and the responsibility to keep you in that forgiving blood is not your responsibility, but God's alone. Thanks be to God. But there are always low-hanging branches that you need to prune. Day by day, they sprout and they grow, and they will bring disease and spell disaster for your life. There's work that needs continual attention, and it is not futile. It is not pointless to resist sin. Each one of us has a rotten tomato or two, or 500, in our lives that need some attention. You've been placed into the kingdom of God by grace alone, and every blessing of his is yours in Christ Jesus. But that does not mean that your battle with sin is over in this life. No, may it never be. Continually resist the reign of sin in your mortal bodies. And as we look out at the world before us, the garden, if you will, it's truly in chaos right now. The family is diseased. And if you have the will to look within, the strength, you'll see your own heart festers with sin and destruction, pride and sinful passions. And what do these fruits bring you but disappointment and misery and shame? What fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed, Paul asks? The end of those things is death, Paul says. So get to pruning, dear saints of Trinity. There are many opportunities, new things to learn, and ways to grow, and living out the grace that you have been freely given in your baptism, right here in our very own community, right there in your very own place of employment, right there within the four walls of your home, right within your own heart. Present yourself to God as one who has been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. And know that the free gift of God, it's eternal life in Christ Jesus, a free gift. And that now that you have been set free from sin and that you've become slaves of God in your baptism, the fruit that is given to you in Christ, it will always lead to eternal life. 
Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.